Guys, what the heck is up? Welcome to the Ted Jones World Podcast. We have a very special guest on the couch with me today, Julio Gallerati. Julio, what the heck is up, bro? Yo, yo, yo. I appreciate that, but I don't know if I still deserve special guest no, treatment I d- now that I've, I've probably been on more than any other guest I, who isn't a co-host. I think so. I think so, too. This is either your fourth or fifth time. I think it actually might be fifth time, but first time in a little co- bit. If you include me calling in. <laughs> it's probably seventh, six or seventh time. What's up, bro? Wimbledon is happening right now, dude. We love ten. So why don't we talk about it, bro? Who do you got taking the men's title and then the women's title? Uh, I mean, I guess I have Djokovic taking the men's title and the women's title. Let me see the draw. Let's take a peek at the draw here. Okay, so Ruben I mean, this is looking pretty good. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't see anyone beating Djokovic, though. Like, that's for sure. I mean, he apparently looked pretty good today. I didn't watch the match, but I heard that he was looking really solid. Um, Here you go. Here's the women's draw. Ashley Barty been number one in the world on the women's side for a a couple years now, She got pushed pretty hard in that first-round match, and I don't know if that's one of those things where she was, like, shaking off the cobwebs, and now she's back, because she was hurt for a little bit. Right. Um, Same thing with Sabalenka, but I've been watching Sabalenka... Playing the grass, she's looked really good. Uh-huh. And Muguruza also, who was nasty at the beginning of the year, and then also got a little injury side, a little injury, but now she's looking strong. Uh-huh. Um, Tech's looking pretty good, also honestly. I'd be surprised to see her go deep. Who's gonna be the next female name in tennis, other than Serena Williams, when Serena retires? Like a person who's just going to like dominate. Yeah, a person who's going to be do- like a person who's going to dominate, and also is like a household name because Serena's just been the really kind of the only household name in women's tennis for like the past fifteen oh, wow. years. You know what I mean? For people who like don't, don't know, know tennis. tennis, right? I mean, dude, fucking Coco Goff, man, seventeen yeah. years old. Yeah, shout out she, your boy Quentin I mean, Vega. Two, he hits her there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, two like, years ago, bro, she got to the fourth round here. I think. When she was like 15. Yeah, so. yeah. That was crazy. crazy. You're, you know what? You're right. Yeah. I think she's probably going to be the next like American Maybe. talent when she hits like 20 years old. She's still young she's AF young. right now. I mean, dude, she's tw- she's 17 years old. She's tw- crazy. I mean, she's top 30 in the world. I Wimbledon, they adjust the seeds a little bit if you're good on grass. So I feel like maybe they bumped Coco up a little higher than she should be yeah, or something. Ha- how do you feel about those Wimbledon seats? Like the seating, I think it's by great. the way. I think it's great. Like the fact that they have control over like their own uh, ranking. I think that's actually kind of a good idea, you know? I mean, if you think about it, they, they were saying this on Twitter, but if they had done the same thing at the French Open, it would have been that Nadal-Djokovic match would have happened in the finals, probably. Right. Uh, because Medvedev is the number two seed, and, you know, he's not very good on clay, and they, you know... They should have probably adjusted that, but well, I see. <clears throat> I see. Ultimately, in the finals, it's going to be um, like a Djokovic uh, Medvedev final, uh, just because I don't see like anyone in the draw who would actually stop them. You know what I mean? I mean, Medvedev's never done that well at Wimbledon, though. Right, right, right. Yeah, he was even saying that too. I think he was like making jokes pre-tournament. He's like, "Yeah, I'm terrible on grass," like which is an, a great thing to say. But he also would say it just to like get into people's heads you know he won eastbourne he looked really good uh-huh. uh so it wouldn't blow my mind if he made a bit of a run but dude there's some other good guys in here definitely baratini's uh won uh queen's club yeah he's looking really strong on the grass 
Um, how about how about Federer? I don't know about Fed, dude. I mean, he got really lucky yesterday. Well, he's supposed to play Nadal in what round if they both make Nadal it? Nadal isn't in the tournament. Excuse dude. me, excuse me. He was supposed to Djokovic play in the other half of the draw. He's supposed to play Djokovic in the finals potentially. Yeah. Okay, but I don't know if he's going to make it that far. I don't either. So he's going to beat Gasquet. I honestly think Cameron Norrie will probably beat him. <laughs> really? Yeah. Ugh, that would just be terrible, man. I mean, Fed had. Fed had a tough loss the other week, too, or he pulled out. He lost in three in Hala to somebody yeah. after winning uh, his first round. I remember after the first round, you said he didn't look too good. No. And I was, I was not that alarmed by the score, but apparently he's just, you know, he's old, he's rusty. It's yeah. just it's going to be tough for him, dude. I really don't want to see him fall on this wet grass out there. Like, there have been at least 15 players who have taken serious spills, and Serena Williams being one of them, and she had to pull out. I know. And happens then, every year, man. Right, but I, apparently this year they're saying it's the wettest in a decade. Really? Yeah, so Manorino, <laughs> like, crushed his knee uh, against Federer, so Federer got a little bit lucky there, but I think it's going to be Djokovic, and then Djokovic plays Dennis Kudla next round. Do you see that, the qualifier? Yeah. Dennis Kula is such a funny player because I remember. Okay, so he's like a year younger than me, and give I remember. The people, give the people. Uh, okay, sorry, sorry. I, I, I was going to give them background on it. So um, he was like a year younger than me, and I played nationals when I was fourteen, and he was thirteen, and he was the number one seed in the tournament. And dude, he was so nasty. Like really? he used to, he used to never lose to anybody. Like he was beating <laughs> kids in that tournament, like six one, six zero, oh, six one, six one, six one, six two, maybe won the national title, like six two, six two. And it's so interesting to see, like, how these players develop. Like, he must have been the most confident, like, 13 and 14-year-old. And then, like, as the game develops, you know, he just, like, he looks a little bit more stiff. I mean, he came down. He's also short. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, like, six feet. Is he? he, He's listed at six feet. Let's get it. He is? I mean, I think that's, like, an Allen Iverson situation, you know? Like, he's, like, really 5'10". Like, when they say uh, Schwartzman's 5'8". Yeah, that's crazy. I can't, I can't imagine he's that small. Um, well, Kudla got to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon before. This guy's known for being good on grass. That's Honestly, true. I haven't heard his name. He's listed at 5'11". Yeah. But yeah, that's generous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he always does well on grass, so that's pretty good. We'll see. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Djokovic takes it. And um, our good friend, a friend of the podcast also, Christy Ahn, almost... Took out Sloane Stevens. That would have been a nice win. But uh, on, to the, on to the next match. But that's a <clears throat> that's a good amount of prize money. How much prize money do you get for second round these days? I think like a, at least 100 Yeah, something like that. The prize money in the recent years in tennis has been uh, generous in terms of like how much they've gone up. You know, like tennis players really were not making that much money from prize money. I mean, ever until like the past few years. Really? Yeah, I think so. Like the, the winner of the U.S. Open... I My think whole like life. 10 years ago, we're making like a million and a half, and now they're making three. A million and a half is a lot, though. It's not like it's not a lot. True. I mean, my whole life that I've been into tennis, players have been making money. I've heard that they're doing a thing now where they're paying the winners a little less and they're paying the early rounds more. I like that, though. Which I think is cool. Well, because there's only really like four people who like make it yeah. that far. The people you know? who are winning it all are making a shit ton of money anyway. So it's like a nice way to kind of spread it out. Yeah. So who do you think is going to retire first, though? Um, Nadal or Federer? Interesting question. That's a good question. Probably yeah. Federer, dude. But I mean, really? Yeah, I can see Federer going out like with with some glory. Like he maybe he'll win a tournament, win a ATP five hundred, and then he'll bow out. Win like uh, what's that tournament in his hometown? Geneva. Basel. 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 
Dude, I, I think, yeah, totally. But I also think that he's sort of already retired, if you think about it. Like, he's not playing. He hasn't played a real schedule in a long time. He pulled out of the French Open to try to save himself for the grass court season. Like, he's not, he's like stacking his schedule now in a way where like he can't handle playing on tour for real. Yeah. And it's also these three out of five set battles, man. People are talking about it more and more. And like, as I played tennis, like for real competitively the other day, I really forget how insane tennis shape is compared to any other shape like running every day a few miles is not going to do anything for you on the tennis court unless you're doing full out sprints and like testing your lungs on an everyday basis like tennis is a freaking grueling conditioning sport and then these guys are out here for you saw murray he was on the court for what like four hours today something like that and that what he's in the he's in the third round but like that guy's had hip surgery twice yeah and he's still in the mix but i would like to see Men's tennis and women's tennis. If we're going to talk about making men's and women's tennis equal, equal prize money, whatever, they should play the same amount of time, man. Two out of three sets is plenty. I agree. I mean, I like... But then there's a thing... I mean, it's a tough one, dude. I'm on the fence about it. Like, there's something so like awesome about the best of five situation. Yeah. But at the same token, like, I don't, I don't even want to watch a match that's that long. Like yeah, I'll, dude, I'll, it I won't takes even a wa- long time. I literally won't even watch the first set. Like the first set yeah, doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter, right, right, Even Djokovic right. lost the first set of his first yeah. match and then like easily won the match. You know what I mean? Like I didn't have to watch that first set. Like never would I have been like, oh, Djokovic is going to lose. And then you've also said it in the past, though, like these guys who are winning the three out of five set matches, I mean, they can afford to get to those three out of five set matches because they have, you know, three trainers, a nutritionist, a cryogenic guy or whatever it is. Right. They have all this like hardware, too, to help them recover. Yeah, they yeah. spend a lot of money on recovery. Totally. Sleeping in that thing. What's that thing called? I think it's called a hyperbaric chamber. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, I like, yeah, Djokovic sleeps in one of those to like help his blood recover. It's like a way to like basically take, it's, it's a basically doping without doping. Right. You know, without having to take anything. It's like mm-hmm. a loophole. Um, dude, yeah, it, it seems like the three out of five format favors the people with a lot of money, which maybe is part of the reason why these guys have been able to dominate the game since it's been such a physical game or something, especially like the Nadal and Djokovic of the world. You know what I mean? Federer is kind of just like a freak. Of nature, like the, he's just so balanced and center that he just never gets hurt or something. I will, yeah, I'll be really upset though if Federer doesn't go down as the greatest player of all time, man. Just his game, his class, his elegance, whatever. Like the way that Net, like Nadal and Djokovic came to the top of the game was just not as pure, in my opinion, as. Federer. Like, Federer was winning everything for a few years. Nadal yeah. just won the French Open 11 years in a row, which is sick. And yeah. Djokovic just won, like, I think, like, seven start, tourneys no, in a he row. He didn't start winning. He didn't... Djokovic didn't start winning for a while. Like, remember, for a while, he was just, he was like, like... pulling out when he, he lost. Was, I know, I know. But he was also just number three for, for years. Oh, my gosh, yeah. He couldn't beat those guys. And yeah. then there's that one t- match where he just, like, was down double match point against Federer, closed his eyes, hit a return. Remember that? Vaguely. He like just ripped a forehand return that was like ins- an insane. Which shot tournament was that? U.S. Open. Okay, okay. Was Maybe that like the 09? I don't. Know, I don't remember. Around then, though, maybe. And ever since then, then he kind of like got over the hump a little bit and started yeah. some journeys. But like, it took him a bit. But then he became dominant as fuck, like you said, for a while. But Fed was pure. You're right. Fed's rise was pure. So is Djokovic going to win all four grand- the calendar year Grand Slam? Dude, I, it kind. It looks like it. He could. I mean, listen, he always has a little bit of trouble at the U.S. Open, though. 
for a variety, like whether it's he's hitting umpires in the head with balls. Yeah. Oh, or, oh <laughs> the, the larynx. Or dude, just like losing. Or yeah. Uh, or <laughs> just larynx. Called? Yeah. Or just like losing. He lose to Sawarinka. Yeah. And yeah. then he lost. He was just, he lost to Nishikori, I think that one year. The, uh, those two guys fell off a little bit. I thought they'd hang around the top five Michigan for a little Warren? bit longer. And Warinka, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought Warinka they'd hang around a little bit longer. Right. That's true. People do forget about that. More slams than Murray. The same. Same amount. Murray's won three. Uh-huh. Okay. Two Wimbledon's U.S. Open. Yes. And Warinka has won everything except Wimbledon. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. You figure and that'd only, be like his. That'd be a good slam for him. And only a one one thousand level tournament. Only one. That's crazy. Yeah. So the thousand level tournaments are like the next tier below the Grand Slam. So usually it's like maybe you win a couple of those, but you don't win a Grand Slam or like something like that. But to have one more Grand Slams than than Masters one thousand tournaments, it's pretty much unheard of. Unless it's like you've won one Grand Slam and no Masters one thousands. Yeah. Like to win multiple Grand Slams and win fewer thousands than that, I don't think anybody else is like that. I mean, Murray's won twenty of those events. It's funny how you and I have been talking about when those, I mean, when like the big four is going to retire and like who's going to take over. And still, like a few years later, I really can't say who's going to be in the top five, like in two years from now, you know, when, when Djokovic, Nadal, Fed and Annie Murray's gone. You know, I thought Murray was going to be gone. I mean, he's done, dude. Come on. Well, we'll see what happens in in this tournament. I mean, I think he's going to make like the fourth round or quarters and he's just going to be like supported by the Wimbledon crowd. They're all going to love him. And then this is probably his last Wimbledon, something like that. He's also playing Shapovalov next round. Oh, yeah, he He's is playing Jabowalu. <laughs> Jabowalu. <laughs> um, so, dude, I don't know. I don't know if he can win that match. Um, he's done as far as I'm concerned. The other three guys, I mean, they keep saying how every time a new generation comes around, the big three just, like, outlast that entire generation until the next generation comes. That just, like, keeps happening. There's this, quote, next gen, whatever, but still, like, you know, Zverev's, what, 23 or 24 now? 24? And, like, all these guys are getting into their mid-20s and none of them have won a Grand Slam still. Yeah, it's crazy. And the big guys are still dominating. I mean, obviously, team won the U.S. Open. But yeah, but now he's burnt out, right? Now he's burnt out. It's so bizarre. And he got hurt again. So, I mean, dude, I don't know. Some good young American guys, but, I mean, I, Korda I just... Korda is the best one, probably, right? Korda, yeah. Splash and Korda. He plays... That's a good match, match the next round. Who, who are they playing? Who, Korda, Sebastian Korda? Yeah, Korda's playing somebody good. He's yeah. in the, the, the. Did he play his third round, second round yeah, today? Yeah, he, he beat Demonar yesterday, in the in the first round. Yeah, sorry, he won his second round match today, and he's playing somebody good in the third round. That's a good match. Sorry, who do you play in the first round? Demonor, who's really good on grass. He's playing. Um, oh, he pl- he's playing D- uh, Dan Evans in the third round, which Great he, match. yeah, I, that I think um, that'll be a tight one. And then the winner of that plays Kachanov versus TFO. So like, right. this is an interesting little. Uh, a little cluster to get to the fourth round and then off to the quarters. TFO, I've really been waiting on to break out for for years. I mean, he was like he was like number one in the country in every every really? age group. Yeah, but like these American guys, like when's the last American star? Andy Roddick, man. It was the, yeah. the last American star. Also, before Andy Roddick was another big server, a big weapon guy, Sampras. which is Pete Sampras. Yeah, I can see. So like now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's just like. Everybody has to have every shot. If you don't have every shot in the book, you're just not going to be a winner. Like Zverev double faulting 20 times during a match. Like that's not going to cut it. You know, I don't like Zverev and I, you know, talk a lot of ish about him, but like having a serve like that and just having his forehand fall apart, like 
I don't know, man. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't be so surprised if he didn't win a Grand Slam. I know a lot of people would disagree and be, they would be very surprised if he didn't. But like you got to string together seven matches in a row, three out of five sets. And there are like a lot of good players in the mix. You know, you yeah. can't really like identify to like a, a Berrettini, even a Casper Rudd. Someone like that. Today. Berrettini lost no, today? Casper. Let me see that. Um, but no, totally, that. dude. You're right. And I think... A guy like TFO, he's, he's technique isn't that great, but he's really mm. athletic. So maybe let's say he makes up for his lack of technique with athleticism. Yeah. But he's, he's just tends to not be super focused. You know what I mean? He'll yeah. just like have a couple bad games. You can't really do that. But, you know, I've watched both of his matches. He played really well today. I mean, the guy, he's beaten two really good players in a row. I mean, Sissipas, who sometimes that goes out crazy. early in Wimbledon. He lost to Fabiano a couple of years in Wimbledon in the first round, too. Sure. Which was random. Yeah. Still a huge win for Francis. And then... Straight sets, too, dude. Uh, yeah. And yeah. then this he beat Pospisil, yeah. who's really good on grass also. Yeah. Really good at Wimbledon. So, I mean, those are two huge wins. He loses to Kachanov. I mean, it's a good run. I think he could, he could win that match, though. Yeah. I don't think he necessarily will, but he could. You know? Um, yeah. What was the other we'll match see. you were talking about in that quarter? Korda and... Corda versus Dan Evans. That's man. a good one. Dan Evans, who's just like, what, what is it? What's his belt? He's probably like five nine, one seventy, or something like that. Maybe. He's kind of like short and quick, though. He's has a, a good little game. Yeah, that like, one hander. He's not super athletic looking, nah. but he's yeah. like really smart. Has a lot of good shots. He's good at the net, uh-huh. and he's a good competitor. I mean, who he he beat somebody good today. Who's this? Dan Evans? Yeah. Lojevic. I always mess up his Lajevic, name. Yeah, Dustin yeah. Lojevic from Serbia. I mean, yeah, right. I guess I expected him to win that, but still. Like, he looked straights, too, though. He looked solid. and uh, He's always done pretty well um, I love on for grass. him to go deep, dude. And also, I mean, him being from Great Britain, man, like Wimbledon loves their own, man. Yeah. It's, it's really nice to see the, I, the dude, little I think, tennis whites. I, I honestly think, who's he playing next again, Evans? Oh, Korda. Korda, Korda, Korda. I think that Take a look about he him. should be able to win that. Yeah. Corda's pretty good, though, man. I mean, Corda, the thing that disappoints me about Corda, here's this guy. His dad won the Australian Open. Comes from an athletic family. His sisters are both like PGA Tour yeah, golfers. Yeah, and they're cute, too, bro. And apparently, they're cute. If you're single, hit me up. <laughs> um, and he's like 6'5 or yeah, something, dude. but he doesn't serve that big. He dude. needs to grow into his body if you're six, a little five, bit. 6'5, why are you not just hitting bombs? Yeah, what's up with Riley Opelka? He lost the first round. Yeah, I, I'm surprised he hasn't grown into an Isner esque. Type. I mean, he's, I believe he's, he's also still kind of young. He's the top ranked American, I think, still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's pretty good. But, dude, I think that Wimbledon, if you're not good at returning, you have trouble. Like, totally. Isner, Isner's never done much at Wimbledon. Like, mm-hmm. Isner's done better at the French than he's done at Wimbledon. You know what I mean? So, a guy with that big of a serve, you're not going to return a serve no matter what surface you're on. But on the slower courts, he has a better chance of returning your serve. Whereas on Wimbledon, these guys, they can't return the fucking ball. Yeah, Opelka and Isner. They're too big and they're too goofy. And they just can't get the ball back in the court. What tournament do you think, I mean, from your personal uh, perspective, what do you think, what, like, what tournament would be the most fun to go to in terms of watching actual uh, tennis? I think Wimbledon, dude. I would think French, though. Just like Why? a little bit longer ground games. Oh, like the, as far as just like... Overall tennis, tennis yeah. yeah, I, th- I like the atmosphere of Wimbledon. I agree, but have, you've been to Wimbledon, haven't you? No, didn't you? Didn't you go to the site where it was? I've been to the grounds of the French. Yeah. I've never been oh, to Wimbledon. Okay, okay, okay. That, that's what it was. Um, no, I, I hear you though. Like the, the the style of clay can be fun to watch. Um, although I, you know, I think 
there's redeeming things about all the different surfaces, maybe. Right. But Wimbledon, the, the temperature is the nicest. Yes. Australia is hot. U.S. Open's really hot. I guess the second week of the U.S. Open is cool at night, which is nice. Sure. Yeah, you go to those night matches. Dude, you and I almost went to Paris, actually. I know. Christy on um, asked Julio and I if we wanted to go to Paris as her like player guest. This was like, was this five years back? Uh I, it, I think it's, it was either it four or five. Four, no, it's not sooner. It must have been more recent than that. Like four years. Was she playing qualies? Shock it up at that. I think she wanted us to go to qualies. And, oh, dude, that would have been so fun. We should have went. So Julia, Julio and I actually have been guests of Christy Ons twice before at the, uh, at the U.S. Not Open. I think you're right. I think so. Yeah, yeah, dude. Look, I got the two credentials right here. That's funny. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, t- 2017 here and 2019. So, like, so Julio fun. and I were messing around in the players' lounge so much. Um, dude, I got excited today because on the, on the screen, they said that Christy had gotten to the quarters of the U.S. Open. Oh, yeah, you said that. And I was well, like, right. I could have sworn she got to the fourth round. And then I double-checked, and it was the fourth round. They fucked up on ESPN. Right. Um, but, dude, what a run she had. That was, like... We went to all those matches. Yeah, that matches. was like one of the greatest moments of my life. Christy dude, making a run. I'm happy you said that. It was really one of, <laughs> like, dude, you and I drinking honey deuces, cheering Christy on, oh bro. My God, we were wasted in the crowd. She was playing so well. It was honestly such a treat. And then ESPN was showing her so much love. It was so great. We, or we, we went to Kuznetsova. Yes. And we went to... Yastremska, is that who she played? The girl who Nick Kyrgios was dating, who I won't be... I oh, Katis... Katis... Should we like call Christy right now and ask her who she was playing? No, it was that it was that cute girl who Nick Kyrgios was dating. Do you remember thought, who I'm talking I about? It was Yastremska. How can I find you that? Look up Christie's U.S. Open. Look up the U.S. Open uh, that year. 2019. Yeah, 2019 U.S. Open draw. Uh, and then she beat Ostapenko. Yes. So she beat two former Grand Slam champions. Kalins, Kal, uh, Kalinskaya, yeah, Kalinskaya, and then she lost to Mertens. She lost to Mertens, and we were at that match. But tough. yeah, Mertens that was a tough. Solid. That was a tough battle. Dude, and to that was after Mertens, the, the Bert, uh, Bertini match. Yes, we well, that was, he beat Rublev. Yes, incredible. So, dude, and I remember just watching him just rip forehands, being like, "This guy fucking rips." <laughs> dude, so so, uh, Chris, let's not like Christy gets tough draws at these tournaments. Dude, they were talking about that too. Like, How she, she played um, Serena, Serena twice slams. this year. She also played Barbara Strichkova in the first round of the Australian Open that that time where she got in there. Yeah, that's she's like a former top fifteen player. Yes, she plays Kuznetsova in the first round of the U.S. Open. So she won the U.S. Open. Yeah. She beat her, yeah. But like, uh, and then who else? Then she was in the, in the French. She played Serena, and then Wimbledon. Is this? She's played Wimbledon before, right? The the tournament itself. Yeah, yeah. You mean not qualies? Go on her wiki and see who she's played. Let's see, Christy. I think also they added her um, her middle name to her Wikipedia recently. I don't know if you saw that, so I didn't know. I didn't know her middle name was Hyorim. Oh, Which is interesting. You learn something new every day, brother. <laughs> okay. Um, Christy on, what, are we just doing Wimby? Uh, no, just let's see. So it'll say her best result at Wimbledon on her wiki. Yeah. You're and right. it should say, I don't think she's ever gone past the first. Oh, no, second round. It will be this year. It'll say second round. Right, right, right. Yeah, so French Open was the first. Um, Australian Open first. U.S. Open. And it was, the, it was only one date on both of those, right? On Australian and French? She's only played main draw well, once? Well, no, no, no. Australian, she's played main draw twice. Oh, she played Serena the other time. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, and she's also made... Oh, my God. She's made so much money, dude, in her career. Good for her. How much do you think she's made? 600K. 1,070,684. It's also just because... Well, doubles, you make money, but, like, guys, no joke for... 
Um, a lot of, a lot of these people who like don't play every single week and like the big tourneys here, I can fix that for you. It's tough to, um, it's tough to make money in the sport. Passwords just, oh, I don't want anyone to know my password. It's the easiest mm-hmm. password. I'm sure you guys can guess Dude, it. So you're going to hear something funny. What? Today I was messing with JC. So yeah. our buddy Spencer's sister's named JC. And she was like, why aren't you guys going on the boat? Cause they're all going on a boat in Chicago and I'm, Hillary and I are not going. Okay. We have like a thing going on during the day, but sure. I was like, listen, be really careful at that pier. Like, it's one of the most dangerous places in America where you guys are getting, where you guys are getting the boat. I'm, I'm making it. Oh, up. yeah. Like, I was like, be careful. And she believed you in terms so, of like a dangerous neighborhood. Yeah. I was like, I was like, oftentimes, was like, like young O-block. women, young women are accosted. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what this response means. She said, okay, I didn't read the second text. Oh, and just bugged. And then opened my phone and saw a second. So you suck. So that means that at first she believed it, but then she didn't. Oh, I thought I was going to get her with that. She's pretty gullible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this particular friend's sister is extremely gullible. She's awesome, though. Yeah, she's She's a a great kid. I love gullible people, man. They make it. They make (laughs) it pretty fun. Dude, I'm I'm pretty gullible. You lie to me reg- like semi regularly. Yeah, I tend but, to believe you. Yeah, but I think at this point you've you've kind of deciphered when, what's oh, a lie and, and what's Dude, not. Sometimes you lie and you're not even trying to. Like you yeah. just think something. Like today, is like when I told you Something's who the, the 11 seed was, and it just turned out that the 11 <laughs> seed was the 8 seed. So I was completely wrong. But I thought it said it on the TV, and they both had Spanish names, so I got confused. <laughs> okay, dude. So Christy played. Uh, she played the. She played Wimbledon in 2019. So let's see the draw here. Who did Christy play? Let's see if my theory remains correct. She's only playing the best fucking players every single time. Christy also graduated from Stanford University, which is like a crazy thing. And we'll, we'll Bro, touch on this. She played Savastava. She was the number 12 seed. Yeah. And nasty crazy, on grass. Yeah, crazy, crazy draws. Christy but anyway. fucking making it happen still. Bless her heart. Graduated from Stanford. And we can touch on this quickly because I just saw your story before you got over here, Julio. And now the NCAA is going to be oh, yeah, paying, paying athletes. But like... What does I don't that think even that's mean? For tennis players. Yeah, I think if you're, you're allowed to collect endorsements, like you're allowed to sign um, autographs, and maybe you're allowed to make like no, make no, a no, cap no, per week. No, you're allowed to like have a Nike deal. Interesting. So that, that, yeah. that could be huge. Endorsements. So again, you know, you have to be a notable in a noteworthy sport and be a notable player in that sport in order to be benefiting from that. Now, the other question, of course, is you know if Nike sponsors University of Oregon or whatever, like. Whatever big program, are you getting money for that or not? Like I don't. That's unclear. Sure. Let's see what else it says. It you know, because in like a specific situation, you mentioned that like UConn. Um, when I went when I went to school there, like there the program Nike gave UConn like eighty million dollars per year. So maybe the students would see some of that eighty mil. Like maybe I, I like like. I, I doubt it's going to be the type of thing like where the tennis team is going to make be making money off that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it depends what school, but yes, even yeah, yeah, even maybe, USC. Yeah, maybe. Say say like the best team that's on TV sometimes. Maybe they'll get a couple bucks here and there. Yeah. So it says through endorsements and a variety of other ventures. Now I don't know if 
it doesn't sound to me like they're going to be making a percentage of like TV revenue or that'd anything. That'd be crazy. That's like too, um, that'd be too nice of the NCAA I'm, to do I that. Mean, not nice, bro. These fucking poor kids. No, but I mean, the NCAA wouldn't do that. Like, do you see what happened in the college world series with the, uh, with the NC state? No. So they have a packed crowd, like 21,000 people. They're even tweeting about it before the game. And four of the kids who've gotten vaccine shots on uh, NC state baseball team were tested like they just decided that they were going to test even the players who were vaccinated. They tested these four players and they came up positive. And then they just um, like at 3 a.m. before their game, like their game is supposed to start at 1 p.m. They said that NC State was disqualified from the mm-hmm. tournament. So like they just came up with these rules right on the spot just to, I don't know, pull the rug out from under That doesn't sound like rules on the spot. It's like... No, but they had... Because they weren't testing players that were vaccinated before up until this particular time. But what does that have to do with profit sharing of TV revenue? It it just has to do with like the NCAA being sketchy and talking about how they wouldn't be fair to athletes in general. I think that this is... is Isn't this the direct result of some kind of like like judicial hearing or something? For what? wasn't Wasn't there some kind of like... Supreme Court or something having to do with the NCAA and like essentially stealing from the players by not paying them or allowing them to make money or something. I think so. It did go to some form of that. Yeah. So I wonder if this is like the NCAA negotiating and this is the agreement they came to or something. I still think it's bullshit. I still think the players should be getting paid. If, t- if their games are on ESPN or whatever, they should be making money. You know, a lot of these kids, you know, they go to college. They they come from fucking poor families. Yeah, dude. They, they're going to get some joke of a degree. Yeah, and they can barely eat. And they're and at school. They can barely do shit. And it's like they're putting themselves at risk for their uh, for their professional days. Yeah. But not to mention, some of these people will never play professionally. So it's like they should be able to make some money. If if you're selling their likeness, you know what I mean. If if their team is generating all this revenue and publicity and all this stuff. Why should they not be getting any of that money? So do you think that when they when they come back with like NCAA basketball and NCAA football, do you remember playing those like video games? Yeah. Do you think that the kids should be making money from that too? Of course. I think they should be making money from everything. Why should this like we've been brainwashed to believe that like there's something more pure about playing not for money. Totally. What is more pure about it? Totally. Why like it makes it less fun for you as the spectator to watch these starving fucking children run around like you're a loser yeah <laughs> like back in, back in the day man when like rod laver couldn't play like all the tournaments because there was like amateur status and grand slam status just like yeah, dumb shit like stupid, that yeah. to avoid people from getting paid just like yeah, rig the system I don't, I don't understand the rationale behind I, that well like how they had that like back was in the it day? just the way it was like for some I reason think so yeah because people like never really like the olympics took, yeah like people never really took tennis so super seriously i think so that they thought right. that they can like separate it out between like okay you get paid for this or you don't get paid right. but like it's more honorable if you don't get paid stuff like that fuck that shit yeah Dude, if fuck you're making if they're making millions of dollars off of tickets off of you yeah, you're of good you. and they're selling you they're watching you on TV. Right. They're selling tickets, all that shit. You don't owe the school shit. They give you some shitty degree. Fuck that degree. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a fair... That degree's worth, what, 30 grand, 40 grand? Depends on where you go. Or fine, if you go to some, like, private school, it's worth more. But still, dude, like, you should be getting money. They've also, been well. shoving... that. The NCAA has been shoving that down student-athletes' throats for... I mean, ever since they've been around, right? Like, you're getting an education. You know, that's what that's what we're paying you to do. You're getting free forty thousand dollar a year education. 
Totally, dude. And then you're fucking starving each night because you can't afford dinner. They didn't give you, like, enough food, whatever it is. Dude, it's complete bullshit. And now you're at this school and you're living, like, some fucking second-class citizen. Even yeah. though you're, like, on the basketball team, you can't do shit. All these fucking rich kids prancing around. Fuck, dude, fuck all that shit. <laughs> you should be getting paid for being exceptional. Why not? And that's it. That's Did kids, Julio Gallerati here went to uh, Boston University. Do kids from the Boston University hockey team like go straight into N- the NHL draft? Because like they were sick. Or I they think have so. Been I sick. think it was the same as the way that the baseball does it. Where like okay. you can get drafted while you're still in college. Yeah. And then you still play in college or something. Sure. I didn't, dude, to be honest, that was like its, its own scene. Like the hockey team, they had their own gym. Uh, they The arena was sick when I went to The arena was really school. nice. And to be, to be honest, I mean, they were in their own league as far as the quality. So they deserve right. special treatment for sure. sure. Right. Um, and they got it as they deserved it. I mean, they were one of the best teams in the country all, all the time. Obviously, college hockey isn't super popular. Yeah. But it's popular enough that these guys were treated like they were special and they were. I would like to see that. I mean, maybe they've done it now, but I mean, I guess we don't know so much about like the details in terms of how the NCAA is going to pay uh, athletes and such, but I would like to see something that's just like clearly in the lines. Like you can be paid X amount for this is your value. Something like that. So where, like, it's sure not so like not so confusing. I think in the coming days and weeks or whatever, there will be like people breaking it down because I'm sure it's some dense document. Totally. It's difficult to read. Lawyer ass ish. Yeah. So I'm sure that they will come out with some bullet point. Like you can do this, you can do, you can do this stuff on social media and we'll all start to understand a little bit more Mm -hmm. what they mean exactly. Um, but dude, yeah, this is, I'm happy. I mean, I just, I reposted it. I am, I am very, if you guys can't already tell, I feel very strongly about this. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's crazy to let these fucking kids, especially playing football, they're bashing their fucking brains in literally for you. Uh, also, what's his name can get Nick Saban can get fucking the Gatorade dumped on him at the end of the year. You know what I mean? You're, you're just like destroying these people's minds yeah. and lives and you're not going to give them any money. Yeah. Um, also, I was watching how even like basketball, man, you mentioned football there, but like even basketball, these kids playing six games on a weekend for like their their AAU team and then they're playing for their high school during the week. So like Saturday and Sunday they're traveling like 200 miles to go play a game in Virginia. They play three back-to-back games on Saturday, no rest, and then right. three on Sunday and then they go travel back to school on Tuesday to play another of, game. Of course they aren't fucking you doing their classes all the way. Yeah, dude. And now you're seeing like younger guys in the NBA getting injured. A Ben Simmons and people with like leg injured Donovan Mitchell, stuff like that. I mean, mean? I'm saying is the pressure for the, these organizations to get the most out of their, these kids at the youngest age, really, I mean, really necessary. Right. So, I mean, you know, let the the kids play, be kids. No, totally. In the pros, you know, it's the pros. It's like, that's the whole idea. You get paid, you play. You get hurt, you can't play, and then you get better and you play again. So I get the idea of like the wear and tear of playing when you're young, but let's just assume that young kids can can you know can bounce back easily from injury. Sure. Hopefully, or they can recover better. They're not like wearing down their bodies yet at this age. Now they can get some kind of career-ending injury. That's of course a risk, which is another thing, another reason why you know what I mean it makes sense to give them money while they're in college because they're risking their future for the program and for the school. 
But this argument like, oh, you're getting a free education. I mean, these kids are basically playing professional sports schedules, to your point. So it's like, of course they're not going to school full time. And who gives a shit? Whatever. Some liberal arts education. They don't fucking need that. They don't need to read fucking Paradise Moby Lost. And, yeah. You know what I mean? All that stuff's great. And it's, it's a great formative education. And it can help you in a lot of the things you do. But if you don't have time because you're the best fucking athlete in the world, <sighs> of course you can't go to class. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And then it's like you have that degree, but who, like, so what? It's worthless. You didn't do shit. You didn't learn shit. You probably didn't finish uh-uh. college. <laughs> and then you're hurt or whatever, and you can't do it. Like, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to do anything. Are we going to see kids go to college less with like the availability to learn more stuff on YouTube, and now you can just go play in Europe for a year or something like that? Right. So I wonder, because they, they made the rule about having to go to Europe for a year because kids were going straight to the NBA and they didn't want that to be happening anymore. They thought that that was too young to be going straight to playing in the pros, which is an interesting point. Um, but you have to wonder if by introducing these new rules where you can now monetize your college athletic experience, will that, that actually draw something? more kids to playing in college? Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially those, you know, if you're fucking whoever, LeVar Ball or whoever, I guess that's the dad, right? LaMelo Ball, <laughs> whichever one of those guys went to play in China. Yes. If, you could, if he could have signed a, Lith- a sneaker Lithuania. deal. Lithuania, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he could have signed a sneaker deal, he would have stayed and probably played for Tex- right. University of Texas or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Like you have to assume that maybe if you're going to sign some big deal, then you'll actually go to college. You'll actually make college sports better. Because, I mean, think about who that affects. The, the Zions, the like... These guys who play one year and leave, or these, maybe they will be more likely to stay longer if they sign some like deal or something. And they know. like make actual money while they're in college, and and the and the separation between his first year at Duke and his first year um, on the New Orleans Pelicans is not from like you know making a hundred dollars a week in food checks to making thirty five million dollars a year. You know, right, it's like right. a closer gap. Something so like as that. A, so a guy like Zion though, when yeah. you're a rookie and you mm-hmm. sign. Do you is is he making more than like the rookie minimum or whatever? I don't believe so. I mean, on his shoe deal for sure, but I think he I think that he's making like a rookie minimum for the three years, and then he signs like a bigger deal, something like that. So, so I guess if you think about it this way, maybe it doesn't end up changing the dynamics of who's going to be playing and who isn't because Zion's still leaving after his first year to go to the totally. You know, these big guys are still maybe he's not going to go to Lithuania anymore. And also go to college, but not that many guys do that anyway, right? Yeah, no, not a small percentage. Yeah, maybe it's maybe a little bit more these days, but like it's still a small percentage. Still small, and then and then you know the other guys are still doing whatever they were going to do. But at the end of the day, regardless of any of that, it's fair, dude. It's just fair. So it's about time. Whether or not it changes or makes college sports better or worse or whatever doesn't matter because it's nice that we're taking a step in the direction of making things more fair for these athletes. Even though it's sounding to me, it's not fully fair. I would like to see them getting more money. Uh, but it's a step in the right direction. Would you have, I mean, you yourself being a college athlete or previous prior college athlete, would you have your kid focus on one sport in particular now that the NCAA has changed in terms of paying out player if I had money? A, if I had yeah, a would you make, yeah, would you make your son play tennis or like, would you want him to go play baseball, basketball, football or something like that because of the money change? Well, I wouldn't want him to play contact sports. Sure. For the sake of football, his, life, for the sake of his future and his head. life, and yeah. yeah, I would try to. I would. I would actually forbid him from doing it, and then hope that he didn't rebel against me and join anyway. Now, right. granted, if my kid was like a reject and he was like 
you know, for lack of a better term, let's say reject and he was getting in trouble and he was doing drugs and then he found football. Hmm. That's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure, go play football. You know, football is like, like there's, there's great haven. things about football. Yeah. It's camaraderie and, and sure. you, you bond with these teammates. Sportsmanship. You go through everything with them and mm-hmm. it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's just, unfortunately, you're bashing each other's heads in, which sucks. But I, I don't think I'm going to be that pushy with my kid. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, I don't really know. I feel like it's hard to know what kind of parent you're going to be until you actually have a kid. My parents were in that pushy with me about sports. Well, your dad, uh, you played tennis with your dad, though. Get him out. I He's asked him to teach me. Okay. So my dad used to be a teaching pro uh, in college, and he used to make money teaching and stuff. And then when I was you know, a kid, I never played tennis. I just played what everybody else played, soccer, basketball. And then one time I went to this, like, my parents sent me to a, liber- a religious camp by accident. No way. By accident. Dude, my other friends were going there, and their parents neglected to mention to my parents that it was like a religious camp. You had to like say grace and shit, and like it wasn't like super religious, but it was religious. It was not our, it, which is not really our thing. Sending me to like a religious program. However, during that camp, I always had good hand-eye coordination. We started uh, messing around playing tennis, and I kind of taught myself how to whack it around a little. And then I asked my dad to teach me when I was like twelve. That's how I. I don't know if you ever knew that. No, I didn't. So yeah. you went to a religious camp, unassumingly, and then and just then got good at tennis. In, in like within a year, I became pretty good. Uh-huh. I became good enough that like my strokes looked good. I just like would miss a lot of shots. Right. You know what I mean? Like I could, I looked better than I was. Uh, and then I started going to tennis camp. Uh, and then by the time I was in high school, I was the best player in my school. But and that didn't that wasn't saying that much. Our conference wasn't that strong overall, but our team was pretty deep. Yeah, I played number one, uh, and we won the conference uh, championship uh, pretty easily. And then we won it all four years that I was in college. What other Our schools? School. I know that you looked at UConn for a moment, but like, what other schools besides BU and UConn were you kind of looking at for tennis? Uh, Stony Brook. Okay, they're solid. Uh, Wheaton. Wheaton in Massachusetts? They were like recruiting me. Okay, that's like where Jared Karlovac went. Did he? No, I think he went to Skidmore. I think he went to Wheaton for a moment. This is a friend that we haven't seen in like 15 years. Yeah. I think we've actually had this exact conversation before. Really? Yeah, where you're like, I think he went to Wheaton for you. Anyway, (laughs) he was a good dude. Uh, So, and then Swarthmore was also another. Oh, wow. Smarty Pants, bro. That was a D3 school, also. I know. Pennsylvania. Probably should have gone there or Wesleyan. I could have gone there. I don't know, man. I mean, you would have Right. Well, you also wouldn't have had the New York City kind of connection between like Boston, New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where you would have ended up at. I feel like I would have ended up It's hard to say. Anyway, uh, also GW. Yes. American. uh, Boston College. Damn. That's pretty much it. But, like, I I don't think I even ended up applying to American or to Washington. Like, this is all kind of like. BU was really the only team that, like, seemed like I was going to be like that was inter- seemed interested in me. So by the time I started looking at schools, American actually didn't have a program anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, this past year due to COVID UConn, UConn tennis where I played tennis for two and a half years had to shut down their program just due Crazy. to funding. Uh, I mean, like ultimately the reason they kept the tennis team was because we had like the highest GPA, us and the golf team. Oh, really? So it like brought up the other team's oh, GPA. That's crazy. And then, and then once we were just ultimately spending money and we had like an okay GPA, it just didn't make sense to have the UConn tennis team exist. Wait, like, so the GPA went down or, or you're saying that with well, COVID, I think that I think that they were either going to cut the golf team or the tennis team because we were both like, you know, costing the school money and we both equally had good GPAs. So I'm pretty sure Dude, they saw the so, golf team. That is like an un- unbelievably stereotypical. That the, that the tennis golf team and tennis and the golf team, team had the best GPA. It's also it's yeah. hilarious. It's like 
it, your coach is like, all right, guys, it's much more important for you to study than to practice. I know, bro. If we want the team to exist. And I was like, I had, <laughs> I had probably some of the lowest grades on the team, except for like the two semesters where I found out how to cheat like really well when I got, like, <laughs> when I got an A in statistics and all my boys on the tennis team were like, dude, how did you get an A in statistics? <laughs> And I just like, I figured it's out, the hardest class. dude, I literally, I figured out that if I sat in one seat dude, that like they had, good. you know, they had the two tests where it's like a B a B like the different kinds of tests. So the kids sitting in front of me would have the same test as me a, so I knew that they, or excuse me, How the kids, you know they were smart. The kids sitting next, I didn't, I just like risked it. And like, Did you, you I just racially three tests. Profiled them? <laughs> yeah, dude, I just copied the Asian kids. So <laughs> I had like three tests and I got high 80s on both of them and then like a 95 on one of them hilarious and then like in terms of like the and homework the, the, but there I was a scale too it was probably graded on a scale for statistics so yeah. like the 85 is like an 100 this might be like the first time I'm fully admitting that I just flat out <laughs> cheated and got an A in statistics but your like, parents know that was crazy I don't know man there's like a lot of sketchy stuff that I did in college that like I don't think they should know also high yeah. school too like cheating I was always such a fucking cheater in high school and college Dude, one of my and I still struggle. One of my ex girlfriends, whose dad is wildly successful, she is this told like Selena and Barnes guy. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna throw the family under the bus. Uh huh. But the dad is one of the most <laughs> successful guys I know. Okay. And his daughter st- told him, she's like, I figured out how to like cheat in this class to her dad. And I was like, oh my god, I can't believe she just admitted that. And he goes, You were there when this. Yeah. And he goes, I'm very proud of you. And I was like, oh my God. He's like, what class was it though? That I don't he know. said I don't that. Know. But she was, she's a hardworking girl. I'm not yeah, trying yeah, to make yeah. it. Right. She worked hard and she, but it was just like maybe some random class. And I think that like he later explained, he's like, why? He's like, that's a complete worthless thing that you don't need. He's like, I, he's like, I'm proud of you for figuring out a way to get the grade you needed without having to waste your time on it. <laughs> and I was like, holy fuck, that's incredible. And that's why, like, dude, thinking like that, dude, sometimes can get you ahead, man. It's like following the rules, shit. Like, you no, can get figure your out how to get it done. Being too much of a pussy. You got to make things happen. You uh, majored in communications. Technically, yes. Right, right, right. Okay, I was like a journalism guy. I was like, it was like between communications and journalism. And then I was supposed to do, I was going to minor in women's studies, and but I was like a few, because uh, like there was a teacher that taught like three of the level the courses. And I needed like a fourth course to get the, the to minor in it. Yeah. So I took the class. Her name was like Barbara something. I can't remember her name. And we hit it off. Like she loved me. Oh, I was hilarious. like one of the only men in the class. I sat like this dude like with my man? legs crossed. And she like, commented on it. She was like, I, f- I think that it's very manly when some when a man sits like that. Oh my or, like God. it's a great expression of masculinity or something Did you guys so i <laughs> so i ended up taking her class like three semesters in a row i never hooked dinner. up with her no but i hooked up with my ta once and like that's how i got tests to like that's some it. of the math math wow. uh, exams that was also dog. a big secret yeah dude fucking savage yeah man but high school and college were really hard for me avoiding class really hard for me means, yeah really? man yeah it was it was crazy like in high school i never got above like a two six and then co- I got to college. I became a better cheater. And I had like a 3-2 one semester, which was like big for me. And I ended up graduating from college with a 3.0, which is nuts. How? 
I just had, I started off in college, like on almost academic probation. And then after like the second and a half year hump, I wasn't on the tennis team anymore. I had maybe a little bit more time for academics. I became more suave in yeah. how to, you know, pick Finale. my classes and stuff. Yeah. Women's studies, the teacher loved me. So I was getting A's, it's kind of stuff like that, you know, taking the maybe not well, so dude, difficult taking courses. Do what you got to do to survive, dude. For Sure, bro. Yeah. Um, so you got Djokovic to win Wimby and maybe Ashley Barty to win Wimby? Dude, I'm saying... Let me see that draw Yeah, again. let's see it. Let's whip right it out, now, brother. I'm going to say my top three for each for each draw. Djokovic, obviously, is the number one for the men's. Muguruza is in my top three for the women's of people who I think are going to win. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced about Barty. I mean, Suarez Navarro is more of like a clay court player. I don't see how she's like losing sets to her. She also hasn't been playing much... Unfortunately, as you, I imagine you know, she's a cancer yeah, survivor. Yeah, she's cancer, yeah. Really fucking sad. Um, well, she's good now, right? Yeah, yeah, she's better now. Sabalenka is in my top three. I just can't see her mentally stringing that many r- matches together. She's too crazy. I don't know. She's, she's cute, tough. but she's crazy. Dude, uh, all, okay. So I do her. Sviatek. Sviatek, Iga Sviatek. Didn't she just win the French? No, she lost Who the won the French? Oh, no, Kurjikova. Right, 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 right. Good call. Um, I don't like anybody on the top half. I think that it's going to be either Sabalenka, Muguruza, Sviatek, and you can never, I guess, count out Carolina Pliskova on the big on the fast court. Mertens, Madison Keys is the best match of the third round. Sure. I'm seeing that right now. Those are both sleepers as well. That's who I got. Who do you got? <laughs> I mean, I know it, it's not like the best look to go with the two one seeds, but I'm going to say Ash Barty. Barty and Djokovic. And I pray that Fed makes a run. I don't think that, that he's so going nice. to. And I think that Djokovic ultimately will uh, kind of wrap it up here. But like, I think that Djokovic is going to have the most Grand Slams all said and done. I think he's going to win Wimby. He's going to win the he, U.S. If he wins all four this year, he will have the most Slams and he will have won all four in the same year, which will make him the greatest player of all time without question. And I don't really, that's, I don't really enjoy saying that. Yeah, but I, I prefer it to be him over Nadal. That's true. That's um, true. Djokovic started off his career like, I, I mean, not really as a fan favorite too. Like pulling out of matches, kind of faking being injured. I, I don't know. know if he was faking, but like he definitely got injured when he was losing. Totally. Um, okay, dude. So also look out for Berrettini in the men's. Wittedini. Look out for Berrettini. Uh, Kyrgios, dude. I mean, <sighs> bro, he looks so a little out of, of shape to me. He's always out of shape, I feel. I think he's going to win his next match. No, yeah. he, he looks out of shape. Okay. He looks like he gained a couple pounds. He's not like fat, but he like looks a little... The quarantine 15. Yeah, the quarantine 15. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Felix Ojeralia seems looking good on the grass. Sure. And your boy Zverev is Ugh. looking pretty tough Chow too. Weedy. So we'll see. All right. Well, well, we'll see, man. Julio Gallerati, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, man. Um, hopefully, pleasure. we'll have you on many a more times, man. You are always such a pleasure and such a great guest, man. So, thanks, we'll see you guys next time. Peace! Peace.